Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Nora. And we're your hosts of the Too Vague Podcast this week. How is Chicago, Nora? Is it the same as when you left? Maybe not quite as cold. It was in the 40s today. But in the next couple days, I think it's going back to some 30s and 20s. Oh. But to me, it's refreshing. You know, I was just visiting my brother and his wife in Scottsdale. Yes. And then I was also visiting my nephew in Tucson. You know that, don't you? Who's that jerk? (laughs) That would be Ben. (laughs) Oh, okay. Unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time together because he got sick. Yeah. But things happen. Things happen. Yeah. But it was it was beautiful weather. The first week I was there, mm-hmm. it was a little chilly. Right. It was even 80 last week sometime. Yep. In Scottsdale. So when I come back, I'm back here in the 40s. It was drizzling today. Right. <laughs> so I decided to take a walk. Well, there you go. How was the walk? It was really nice, uh, except I carry, had to carry groceries home. Mm. I went to get some hair stuff, uh-huh. uh, conditioner for my hair. Right. And I ended up with one and a half shopping bags full of other things. That's that's kind of the way it works. Yeah, yeah right, right. It works that way for online shopping as well as manual shopping. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. You know, you should probably invest in a manservant. That would be great, for sure. It doesn't have to be a manservant. It could be a woman servant, or it could be just a servant, I guess. A they servant, you know? Let's call them an employee, because there are a lot of things when we when we talk about servants that... Yeah, uh, I know, I know. Well, hey, it's part of the service, you know? Right. I, but I, I'd have to have somebody could, I could have a discussion with. Okay, so no robots. So they clean the house, do all that other stuff that is suggested. Right. But I want to have discussions with this servants uh, okay and then you'll have a lot of people go no i didn't sign up for that i just want to clean i just want to carry stuff <laughs> right right on the same line of thought as you when uh, you were visiting your nephew yes my aunt was in town and i got sick so unfortunately no we're not gonna go <laughs> <laughs> We had a chance to play some games together before I got sick. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad that's the one thing we got done (laughs) rather than the podcast. You know? Because it was. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was. You had me do three different games. Mm -hmm. And the one in the middle that I can't remember the name of, but I didn't like because it was a, a slasher. Yeah. And you had to be too aware of everything. Right. And I don't care. I could slash. I don't care. But I have the 360 degree aware of everything. Right. was hard. Yeah. Hard for me. And that's more of an arcade style game. We played Dragon's Crown. That was the middle one. Right, right, right. The first one was good because it was a, a weird sort of story puzzly game called Katamari Damacy, which I oh, have yeah. mentioned on the show before. One of my favorite Namco games. I love just describing the whole premise of the game, which is you're the prince of the universe and your parents, the king and queen of the universe, go out and get drunk and destroy the stars and planets. Mm -hmm. So then you have to go to Earth and roll up balls of garbage so they can recreate the stars and planets. Right. And you got through a couple of levels, didn't you? I did. I did. When you described it before, it was like, oh, yeah, I want to play that one. I want to roll up balls of garbage. (laughs) Honest to God, I did, not knowing what it was. Right. But then when I played it, it was like wonderful. And I kind of got, you know, I like I kind of knew for the most part where I had to go and where I had to not go. I only got hit by a mouse once 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are other things as you get larger and larger, the environments get larger and larger. There are other things like, you know, cars or people on bicycles or, Ooh. yeah, it is a fun little game. It's just too bad they don't have the game for the, the phones anymore. The original game they used, uh. they made a phone version. I guess it, they didn't keep up the updating from iOS version to iOS version, but was the phone version three dimensional? Yes, it was the same. It was basically the same game. Okay. There have been a couple of them. Because it's so small. Yeah, that was probably part of the reason why they didn't continue to update it. It doesn't always necessarily translate because your screen is very small. Right, right. But in those cases, generally, you, you play it on the... You can also play it on the iPad, too. and that. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's not for that. So you're going to have to wait to get a an actual console or something before you right. but then the third game that we played i like that one was and you did very well and and of course i don't remember the name i i loved it uh, partly because well like i said when i was ending i'm going to have to end this even though i would keep going and keep going trying to jump on that fan blade yes until i did it if it makes you feel any better that was a, a difficult sort of thing even for people who have played video games before Oh, okay. What was the name of that one? I forgot. Uh, the Divorce Game. Now that, two, the two of us or something? It takes two. It takes two. Yep. We didn't quite get to the boss fight. I think we were the fan blades and then one other thing and then we were ready there. Yeah. But I mean, you got the idea and I think you get more and more comfortable maneuvering in a three-dimensional space as we went on. So I definitely did. I like both of those, even though they're probably not what most people play or think of when they think of video games. Really? Do you think so? That's not what I think of when I think of video games. So what do you think of? Um, slash and burn. Okay. Um, the Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Uh, Shooting people. Yeah. Maybe the Sims is the, maybe that one's not slashing. Yeah, that's not so much. But I mean, it's <laughs> like the game It Takes Two, we only saw a few cutscenes, but it was very story-based, right? right? Uh, you, As you saw. Yes. So yes. as you progress in the story, it tells you, it reveals a little bit more about the characters, their situations, what they're dealing with, why they are right. planning on getting a divorce. Right, but right. But then cooperatively, what did you think of the book, the talking book? Oh, well, I kind of like talking. <laughs> the, the talk, the talk, not I to be, always listen to talking books. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Stevie Wonder album of the same name, Talking Book. Oh. Okay. So that's great. I'm glad that we had a chance to at least expose you to some of those games. So yeah. next time you're out here, we're going to make it a regular thing then, right? Yes, definitely. We'll play some games every time. Can you just go to work sometime and I'll just stay and play? Um, I guess. I mean, literally go to work. <laughs> I don't mean stay in the apartment and do your work. I mean, literally go to work. <laughs> then I'll just go away and then sit there and play games. I'll sit there and play. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, you could even possibly get your own system at some point. I mean, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, as long as there's games like these you showed Maybe me. Maybe when you're 80. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And let me just say again, I was really kind of proud <laughs> at how well you did. I was like, because that's, well, that's me. I taught you, I think, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I, I felt like I really enjoyed playing them yeah it was cool and what did you think of the invectives coming out of my 
Wow. Well, I when I couldn't get places. Pretty. It's pretty normal. It's it's a normal thing. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You're not familiar with the whole thing. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't throw the controller as one of the big things that uh, people used to do back in the day. Oh. At least that was not your instinct because those controllers are about 60, 70 bucks a pop. Okay. No, I just, I swear, I swear like a, a sailor, they used to say, yeah. at inanimate objects. Right. Unless that uh, object is a car. And it's moving. I sometimes swear at those too. Right. But generally, you know, computers, uh, other things, other things. I think it's better than the alternative, which is just swearing at your nephew. Right. Well, not to his face anyway. You miserable (laughs) sack. Sacagawea. Yeah. Sacagawea. Got kicked in the Sacagawea once. It was not pleasant. So anyway, (laughs) let's get into our word. Right. I think that's a good idea. Before we get uh, into more dick and fart jokes. Yeah. Oh, dear. (laughs) The word today is the word footage. Footage. Yes. Footage. Footage. The footage, yes, as opposed to the sock age, which was after the foot age and maybe the shoe age. I don't know how those things work. I think the sock, well, yeah, I don't know. My (laughs) footage Foot age is very big. Do you have a lot of foot age? Yes, I do. It's 76. Your foot is 76 years old. My foot age. Like literally, that's your foot age. <laughs> Isn't it? Wait a minute. <laughs> we're, we're not describing our square footage or cubic footage. Well, if we, were, if we were talking about like square centimeters, it would be pretty damn big. Yeah. It's long. Like everybody in my family. I do not. I've got tiny feet. Are you about a size 12? 11 and a half, 12. That's, that's immense. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Footage is the word. So, the first time I told you that we were going to talk about footage, other than, what are you, nuts? What was your thought? Yeah, I thought it was, what are you, nuts? Okay. Uh, because there's, I mean, there's not, I mean, to me, there's one thing that footage is, and that is movies, when they used to be movies, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Taking individual pictures really fast, one after another. Right. Isn't that how they did movies? Yeah. Some clip of that was mm-hmm. footage. Well, anything was. Any part of the movie was. Right. And there was no other footage mm-hmm. that I could think of until I looked it up. And so, uh, there was an example of square footage. Correct. You might describe a room as so much square footage. But other than that, that's generally it. Yeah. You, you mentioned the size or length measured in feet. Yes. And the other one is a length of film made for movies or television, typically raw or unedited. Oh. But that being said, the origin of the term footage comes from early 35 millimeter silent film, which was traditionally measured in feet and frames in cutting rooms. Right. In general, 16 frames were in a foot of 35 millimeter film. Okay. Which represented one second of screen time in early silent films. So that's where the term footage was created. It was just- Oh, that's where, okay. Yeah, it was a common way to refer to segments of film, right? Or or the film itself. So when you think of the word footage, it doesn't have anything to do with each shot in the movie. Right. But, so you pulled that in for me. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything I can do to help. Yeah. 
there's not really a lot to talk about as far as the history of the word footage, other than the fact that it's from the silent movie days and then also mm-hmm. measurements. Those are the two things. So whenever those started, right. that's when the word started, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. When you think of the word footage, do you have anything that comes to mind as far as personal sort of thoughts? Like me, if I say footage, what's the first thing you think of? It would be movies on film, on film. A particular movie or? Not really. Not a particular movie. Mm -hmm. No, to me, it's just the length of film with a bunch of stills in it. Okay. That put together. So it's any movie. There's eight millimeter films, there's 16 millimeter films, there's uh, 35 millimeter films, uh, which would, of course, have different footage if we were measuring it. Right. That's really what I think about, the different sizes, which means nothing about what you want to talk about. Here's what I would think if I was in your shoes, or maybe this is just a question to ask for you. Uh When you're watching news, Mm -hmm. you're watching footage of whatever, right? Right. Yeah. And one of the most iconic things that happened during your lifetime was the moon landing. Yes. And there was footage of that that was broadcast. Right. That's more what I was getting at as far as what you think of when you think of footage. It was is like is there something that you can associate because I have some Yeah. some recordings that I think of. Some are not the most happy things like the the Challenger exploding. I mean, that's something I went home right, and I watched that. Yeah. And it was a very sad moment in history. Yes. But then also you've got something like the moon landing, which must have been right. pretty amazing. Just awesome. You know, it, the word is used too often, but it was awesome. Not in the 80s sense of the word. <laughs> right. Right. In the 69 sense. Exactly. I just bought some new shoes and they're awesome. Yeah, not yeah, like right, that. Right. The moon landing, something actually awesome. Mm-hmm. When that happened, you were... I was working. In your 20s? Yeah, I was in my 20s. Okay. It was the year before I got married. Okay. And I was working for an advertising agency already. Right. I just remember it messed up. We had to make changes in our ads because <laughs> it was on TV. How so? So we couldn't write. Well, you, they, people buy ads for certain spots. So, you know, mm-hmm. they want the ads in the daytime for housewives. Right. Well, they used to. Mm-hmm. And the children, you know, Saturday morning, children's ads. Right. Evening sports and evening news, men's, uh, they, they went toward men. Remember now, everybody, we're talking about the 1960s. And early 70s. Right. So don't get all whatever that is. Don't get your panties in a bundle. Yeah, right. Right. In a bunch. Or um, I guess your your drawers. So, well, first of all, there were no commercials during it. It was a straight, you know, when they showed the, the thing, mm-hmm. there were no commercials. Right. But if there was, say, the commercials for women in the daytime, mm-hmm. they'd have to find some other time to do them. And you had to reschedule all of them. Right. No, we had to reschedule all of it. We didn't have to do anything. Honest to God, that's one of the first things I think about. Even though it was awesome and everything else, I think, oh, yeah, we had to reschedule all those So how it impacted your work. He was like, oh, that's great, but now we've got so much more work to do. Right, right, right. Landing on the moon. Okay, that's great. But yeah, yeah. I wasn't alive then, so I don't know when that. No, you weren't. When that footage was aired. When when did that happen? 
was it during the daytime or was it during the evening or you know what i'm not i can't i i was just trying to think of that and i can't remember if it was daytime or evening hmm. or what we saw was just footage of like they sent they they took their pictures their movie and then sent it back to earth and that's what we saw when i don't know if it was live Okay. But but I believe it happened. Okay, for those that other group out there. They've got some restored footage of the moon landing here too, in color even. Hmm. I don't know mm. if they colorized it. They probably didn't, right? It was all in color. Was it in color? It was in color, right? You know, I don't know. I don't remember. Because 69 and uh, almost 75% of the people had color. Oh, yeah. It was probably... Let me see. Original NASA EVA mission footage of walking on the moon, but it all seems to be in monochrome. But then again, we're talking about the moon. <laughs> so, so so if it was color, you wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. Righto. Righto. So very, very interesting. So, yeah, you're, you're right. News stories, seeing the footage of something is memorable. I saw the footage of uh, 9-11. Yeah. Actually, I, I saw, like, I I missed the, it was morning at school. Right. And we had the first period off. And by the time the teachers got together, a little group of five of us, four of us, mm-hmm. we knew about it. So we turned on the television, but that was just one of the towers. And yeah. then we actually watched the second tower yeah. being hit. Right. And, but that, I, so that's some footage that sticks with me too. That's very impactful stuff that even, Exactly. Even back during those times, and I don't want to say early internet times, right? It was sort of right. we were st- still getting our our footing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our footing or of footage, footing, footing. Yeah, whatever. Yes. How people got information was still more akin to, I would say, the eighties, nineties, like. It wasn't everything filmed all the time like we do with cameras, right? Now, right. our phones... But when you say cameras, you're talking about the phone cameras. Correct, stuff. yeah. Like yeah. our little devices now can film anything at any time and you can be... I mean, I could walk out right now and maybe I'm being filmed. Who right. knows? Right, right. Right. You could sit right where you are and maybe you're being filmed. Maybe you I know? am. Maybe one of the cats has a camera somewhere. You have a camera. You have a camera in... Every device you own. Right. And who knows who's listening? (laughs) Alexa, we're talking to you. Yeah. I'm glad I have my earphones on. Otherwise, she would have answered over here. Oh, yeah. But do you think with how much digital media is out there now, you've got footage that people put on Instagram, you've got footage that people put on your Facebook, is it becoming saturated? and meaning less and less than it did historically. I can see pictures of you eating a hot fudge sundae. What does that mean, right? If you record yourself eating something or you record yourself or you're an influencer. Right. What do you think the value of footage now is? Okay. I, when I think of footage, I don't think of digital. Isn't that strange? Hmm. Okay. Even though in actual movie studios, they probably still call it footage, even though it's digitized, I would assume. Right. But with the, the little stuff that goes on on Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter, or 
Twitter or whatever. <laughs> TikTok? I don't know. Um, it, I don't think of that as footage. I just think of it as uh, having fun with your phone. Okay. So that means you put you place sort of a value on footage as opposed to stuff that we just take? Yeah, I think I do. So right or, right or wrong. If you think about it, the general definition of footage. Right. You know, body cam footage, it's all digital. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. it's depicting something that's happening normally that is uneventful, right? You've got reams and reams of right. digital recorded police body cam footage. Right. If there's nothing wrong with it, well, then we don't know. It's, you know what I mean? It's not, mm -hmm. it's only something when some sort of a negative thing incident. happens or an incident, then you refer to the body cam footage. Yeah. Maybe there's an importance to it, but to some people, they record themselves and put it on YouTube or record themselves and put it on, and that is digital or otherwise, that is recorded right, right. video information, which I would consider video footage it is closed circuit television too was also one of those like closed circuit television footage that you record i i guess you still don't consider it footage though you just the manual well i think it probably all is footage but i think the word footage means to me things that are more important right and, and that could be a policeman's body cam footage in general has sort of an importance associated that we associate to what it means i think you know well i do but i'm old well, no, I, I think that, you know, with our current climate, someone mm -hmm. recording, like you say, someone recording what they do or like, hey, I'm right. doing a vlog or whatever. They don't refer to it as footage. Right. They refer to it as a digital diary or. Don't um, you know what they refer to it as? What? Video. Video. Exactly. It's video. Which it is not. It is not. Right. Of course. But I mean, so that's another thing where. The word keeps going, even though the concept stops. Right. So that, to me, that's what happened to footage. Well, I mean. Because there aren't. We may be going in a circular argument here, but. I know, we are. We're just going on and on. I think there's an importance. When you when you say this is footage, it's, it's important. Yeah. And when you say it's video, it seems like it's less important. That's to me. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting sort of thought. Right. A thought experiment. Right. Um, without any drugs. And I, I'd ask, I'd ask you uh -huh. what you think about it. Right. Except, you know, the same things, except that we already spent, I think, 20 minutes talking about it. So maybe. I think I agree. As I was adding my comments, I was kind of thinking yeah. about it. Okay. So I've come to the conclusion that there is a sort of importance about the word footage that for whatever reason in my head, footage seems of more value and importance than video or yeah. things that we record on a day-to-day -day basis. That being said, there is a genre of films, movies, that is found footage type of movies where a character comes across a whole bunch of recorded items, be it videotapes or whatever and they go okay we're playing these you know <laughs> kind of thing almost documentary sort oh, of style yeah 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 but it's right we found this and this is what we saw like uh what was it uh, blair witch was one of those yeah video shaky cam kind of right do you remember that genre even being explored in the 60s 70s do you know of any no not really mm -hmm. in the 60s 
and seventies. Where was when was Blair Witch Project? That was nineties, I want to say. Okay, yeah, I don't. I really don't remember. The both the best that I could think of is uh, somebody in an audience at a concert. Oh, okay. Taking uh, surreptitious. Well, even even somebody who's supposed to be taking a movie of part of the concert or something. Right. It, something like that. That's. And then it would be used later. Right. Like footage of the Beatles recording their Let It Be or, you know, which has just been yeah. released recently. There was someone who had oh. recorded that for whatever use. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let It Be was a, I want to say it was on Apple, but it was Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter Jackson. <laughs> what, did he make an animation of it or what? I'm talking about the director who did all those big budget kind of like King Kong. Right, right, right. The Lord of the Rings-ish types. Yeah, yeah. They had some footage that was them recording the the album. Okay. It's really interesting because of all the, what is said about how Yoko Yoko Ono. Ono, yeah, of the disruption that Yoko Ono caused or whatever in the in the group or the rifts or whatever it's not shown in that footage it it seems like they're all getting along and they're all collectively working on this album and it seems you know counter to what was reported to to all of us the media yeah right exactly i mean it's interesting to watch that kind of historical sort of footage right but the genre of found footage films can be traced back to a 1980 movie. This is credited with being the first found footage movie. Okay. Cannibal Holocaust. Oh my God. Yes. And it's an Italian found footage horror sort of movie directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Okay. And written by Gianfranco Clarici. 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 Okay. Clarici. I'm visual. You know, I'm visual. I have to. Gianfranco Not that Clarici. I know how to pronounce it. Yeah. I'll just say okay. Gianfranco Clarici. And it stars. Say Clarici. It sounds better. Yeah. Clarici. You're right. Gianfranco yeah. Clarici. <laughs> it stars uh, Robert Kerman as the New York University anthropologist. Okay. Robert Kerman, who is known for being a pornographic actor. Oh. He was in Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. I had no idea until I did some research. I didn't even know who Robert Kerman was. He was one of the few people who kind of balanced I guess you can say a Hollywood career and a porn career. He had a few uh, like television appearances in the in the mid 80s but yeah his big contribution to society was pornography <laughs> okay okay he was the star in this cannibal holocaust movie and the theme of the movie or the story itself and i'm not probably not ruining too much about the movie but the whole movie centered around this documentary film crew was sent to the amazon rainforest to to film on cannibal tribes right and so they they disappeared and there was no no they didn't hear anything back from them okay so they hired this guy to go lead sort of a i guess rescue mission to yeah. find the crew as a part of this rescue mission 
they go deeper into the Amazon forest, they come across a tribe and find out that it's a little vague, but this crew sort of caused a big disturbance. Uh. So they're sort of reluctant to assist them. Uh-huh. But they, you know, they continue on and they find these two warring tribes. They discover the dead bodies of these people and the film canisters next to them. So he brings the film canisters back to the United States and this television company wants to broadcast this. Right. And they want to broadcast it without even looking at it first for some reason. (laughs) Oh. Oh my God. So part of the movie is the rescue mission and the other part of the movie is watching the disgusting sort of things that occur. And I'm not just talking about people being beheaded or eaten or whatever, but trying to get the shot, trying to make something seem more than it actually is. And and you kind of find out about this producer or this person who's filming, Uh how he embellishes and what he does to make this exciting for people or disgusting or make an impact yeah it's very much a commentary on humans as far as uh-huh someone who wants to make something like this it's a documentary but really it's it ends up being sort of propaganda right that's interesting yeah i'm pretty sure the film itself is kind of like this is b-grade stuff but when you think about the theme of it i mean it's kind of you know it's one of those where the theme right. i think the theme itself is interesting, but I would never watch the movie kind of thing. Uh-huh. Amazon rainforest, mostly inexperienced American actors and Italian actors recruited from New York City. <laughs> so you, we talked about, I think on the blood episode, the whole, you know, you've got trends, you know, like there's the zombies trend and there's the right, right. vampires trend. and Yeah. Well, this cannibal Holocaust was filmed as sort of a contemporary cannibal trend of movies in Italian exploitation cinema. Yeah. Apparently this movie was inspired by Italian news reports of Red Brigade's terrorists. So... The director, Diodata, believes that the media coverage was largely staged to change it. It's kind of an interesting thing, too, because that is what editing is, right? You're making something more impactful by cutting the fat and trimming it. But part of the problem with that is sometimes if you do it in a certain way, you lose the context, which actually Mm -hmm. explains what, what it is. So that's a movie to add to your list. Yeah, I already, I already did. I already typed it in on my phone to notes, movies to look for. Yep. Oh, seriously? No. <laughs> <laughs> when you first said uh, cannibal Holocaust, I said, oh, geez, people walking around like zombies, you know, looking for people to eat, and yeah. eating the you know, like in everyday society. And I right. thought, God, it's that. But then when you told me what it was, it it has some interest in, uh, you know, there is an interesting thing about people faking, faking, uh, you know, news. and Right. When you eliminate certain bits or when you edit things, when you're telling a story, you're trying to make the story interesting. So the context, it's less about the context and why, unless that's what the author wants to tell in the story right it's it's a different sort of thing when you're talking about things that are facts and real life 
you want the context. Yes, I would think. Kind of on the subject of movies before we close out the movie section, do you like watching director's commentaries and extras that are included in DVDs, Blu-rays, like quote-unquote the behind-the-scenes footage? I, yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes I'll watch if it's short. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, I'll watch it. But if I just spent a couple hours watching a movie, right? I don't want to spend another hour or two. No, it's never that long. But it might be at 45 minutes an hour. And I just don't want to spend the time. Right. If I am interested in the movie, like I buy a movie on DVD, I buy that movie because I love the movie. So I've already seen the movie. And so those things add a bit of like, I like the how the sausage is made stuff where where it's <laughs> what? Like which people is it made of? <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the our previous I think, conversation. I think, I think okay. you're thinking about, yeah, it's made of the director yeah. and a couple of the actors. Yeah, and don't I'm ask sorry. me what, what the sausage. I'm sorry. Yeah. Speaking of Debbie Does Dallas. No, anyway. <laughs> it's how the, the thing comes together. How something so complex as a movie, right? It's like, how do you get all these things? And there's stories involved and there's a lot of interesting stuff, background. Yeah. But I think that's only interesting if you enjoy the movie. True. true. Well, yeah, it might be interesting if you didn't enjoy a movie just to see if the, the director and other people involved have a take on it that you hadn't thought about. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, a different point of view. Yeah. Uh, and that would make you go, oh, I get it. Yeah. Speaking of that, one of my favorite, this is not a movie that you will ever watch, I don't think, <laughs> but this movie called The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. You've mentioned it before. Yeah. It's definitely a very odd 80s movie, and it has Peter Weller and oh, good. Jeff Goldblum uh, as two of the, the main actors in it. Oh, okay. John Lithgow is in it. It's got a great cast. Wow. Ellen Barkin is in it. That's not a name I've heard in a, in a while. Right. When she was really like, Christopher Lloyd is in it. So it's, it's, you know, got a pretty wild cast. Yeah. When they were making the movie, the production company, Metro Golden Mare, 20th Century Studios. So they read the script. They had no idea what it was about, right? They were just going, what the hell is this? So they were watching the dailies religiously. Uh-huh. The producers don't like whatever, or they go, oh, they would get notes. Yeah. And so at some point during the filming, they stopped getting these notes. So they filmed a particular sequence uh-huh. for one reason, and that reason was to see if they were still paying attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the sequence in the movie was Jeff Goldblum and this other actor walk by, and Jeff Goldblum says, What's that watermelon doing in that vice? And it's just, that's what it is. It's a watermelon (laughs) in a vice. Yeah, yeah. He looks at it and he goes, I'll tell you later. And then they walk off the screen. And so that was sent up with the dailies. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nothing. So they knew from that point forward, they could do pretty much anything they wanted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was done intentionally, but it's an interesting story because it doesn't doesn't add anything to the story itself. But it's an interesting sort of, it's what makes it quirky and what makes it kind of what it is. It's just a weird, it fits into that universe. It's like, well, why would you have that? It's like, well, I'll tell you later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
And that's another dailies, right? That's footage. Right. Footage, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add about uh, footage before we get into our lengthy conversation about video games? I thought we already had that. Did we? Um, (laughs) Well, we talked about Catamaran. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about the games you played. No, no, no. We're talking about something different. I know. I'm just kidding you. I'm kidding you. I know. I know. Uh, Anyway, footage, not really, because, I mean, I told you what I think of it. I think it's a word that's going to stick even though it comes from a different place. It comes from a different area. It's an it's a word out of time, essentially. But it's going to stay with a length of digital video or whatever, whatever it becomes. Sort of like when you talk about your podcast, you talk about them being in the can. Right. And I don't think there's a can that you're putting your <laughs> podcast in. But we know what it means. Right. Not a literal can, you know. but right. It, so I think footage is like that. And also uh, doing something in post. There is no post-production necessarily. <laughs> There's just the editing oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you say you're doing something in post, we'll put it in, in post. You're using the vernacular of a similar industry, I think. Right. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, so footage, it is a word out of time that means something different. But that is that is the English language. It it adapts, right? It changes. And Mr. Oxford is aware of that. I tell you, Oxford is definitely, he's got his <laughs> finger on the pulse. He or she, I don't, we, we don't really know if Ox is a male or a female. Or in between. Or in between. Or, or, I mean, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Know. We don't know. So anyway, they. Yes. <laughs> I, and I think I've mentioned this before with literal, how literal now means figurative and literal. It's, yeah, look yeah. it up. It's it's ridiculous. But anyway. With so much overuse uh, of, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's now you've added that to the dictionary definition. But I think footage is a different thing. I think footage is. Right. It makes sense. Right. Correct. So. I played a few games recently, one of which I recommended to you, but you were having trouble with it, which was Immortality. Yes. Half Mermaid Productions, Sam Barlow, a British video game designer, worked as a game designer for a studio called Climax Studios, who were involved in the Silent Hill games, horror games actually, involving some found footage type stuff before leaving in 2014 to become an indie game developer, published his first independent game called Her Story. Actually, there was a game that he... Okay, so the studio created Her Story. He did come up with a game called Isle, which was an interesting game where the main character is a man sitting in a pasta aisle in a supermarket. And the opening line is, you've had a hard day, and the last thing you need is this, shopping. Luckily, the place is pretty empty, and you're progressing rapidly. Basically, what it is, you type in a line to like what you're going to do, or look at pasta, or look at this or that. It gives you a description of your environment. Yeah, right, right. And the game is just one thing, and that is... You say something, something happens, and then it tells you the rest of the story. So it's basically a one, I don't know if you'd call it a game, but it's, you know, you learn things to, so as you play the game over and over again, you will learn things that you will add to your, 
the list of questions that or the question that you ask uh-huh. or what you say in response. Okay. Right. Yeah. So as you play the game over and over again, you're asking questions that make sense to what the story is trying to tell you, because it's like, you know, it says something about, for example, run into someone and, you know, they punch you or whatever. And then you're going, okay, well, what if I do this thing? Right, right. What's that person going to do? Or is there going to be a person involved or whatever? It's kind of an interesting sort of thought about a game. I wouldn't necessarily call it a game, but it, I don't know. What do you think? It's it's like you've I, got a scenario and you respond to it and then the game responds appropriately. Okay, you have to play it over and over again in order to get enough information. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. How long does it take to play through the first time? Like one of the Oh, it's segments. just it's just one turn. So it's like you play through one, it's one turn and then the game is over. Okay. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> you only have one thing that you have to do. It asks you a you know a question. Yeah. And then you type in something which is basically your response to the situation. Yeah. Pay for pasta or yeah. do this thing or insult the checkout girl or you know whatever. Uh-huh. And then it uh-huh. then it reveals it reveals the scenario more and more and then that kind of the story is the whole thing. It's not yeah, just, yeah. you learn things about your character, you learn things about the environment, Okay. but it's a one-turn sort of thing. Once you say your thing, each, yeah, each. each has an outcome, Okay. but the outcome explains more and more about the character you are sitting in the pasta aisle because it right, explains right. things, right? So then as you have subsequent quote-unquote playthroughs where you're trying different things, you learn more and more about the character. Yeah. It's a kind of an obtuse sort of idea, but it's interesting as far as a storytelling perspective, I think. Kind of reminds me of the stories they had for kids uh, a while ago about choosing your uh, ending. Yeah, yeah. But that's more of Maybe a... Maybe it wasn't for kids. Yeah, it, it, you know, like the choose-your-own-adventure type games, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of. You're you're following a path in those, and it's, it's right. basically... Right, but it's right, right. It's not like you're making a series of choices as opposed to exposing the narrative and your character's motivations and things based on, quote unquote, a single move, a single response, a single thing. Right. It sounds very interesting. Yeah. It's it's sort of telling, telling a story in reverse. Yeah. You're learning more about your character and what they're all about and what they're thinking in their life, but you're not being told, being led through a series of trees or choices or whatever. Right, just, you right, know. right. Anyway, so that kind of gives you an idea of where this guy Sam Barlow's head is at. He's exploring interesting ways of telling stories. Yeah. And the first story that was published was this game called Her Story, which was uh-huh. self-published. What you had to do was... For some reason, you were in a database at a police station and you were looking for something and you found this footage. This footage has to do with this murder that took place. Okay. So you use keywords to access this database where it'll show you certain clips based on the keywords that you put in. Uh Uh-huh. As you play through the story, you learn about the murder, and it's the footage is basically just one subject. 
It's one person who's being questioned. And so you learn about okay. that person and what happened in their whole life as you basically you look through more and more and more clips, which was a very interesting way also to tell a story. True. It's another one very similar to IL, but it's you're learning something about wow. this character. I'm sorry? I, I, wow. I'm just thinking of the, it, it just sounds good, fun. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's interesting, even though it's just watching clips, you are just basically being led down this path, but you're just doing searching a database and you're using these different things and seeing when the character has come in for whatever sequence of interviews, you know, it's over the course of months where the police officer is doing the investigation you learn more about the story as you see more clips and you're putting it together in your head and as it turns out there is sort of a an interesting ending uh-huh so yeah it was really pretty amazing i mean an amazing game well mm-hmm. the second one that he came out with for half mermaid was oh yeah telling lies it was published by annapurna interactive in 2019 I think this is one of those things where they tried to do the same thing as before, tell a story. Yeah. And the telling lies story involves four different main characters. And you learn about these four different characters and their stories in a similar way as you did in the first one where you're doing keyword searches, you're looking at clips, you're trying to piece the whole thing together. But you've got four different stories you're trying to keep track of Yeah. in the long narrative. It's too complex to enjoy, I thought, for me personally. Uh. There's too much going on. Plus, her story, where it was just someone being questioned. Right. It made sense that it was you were only hearing their side of the story. It's her story, right? So she was right. Right. basically doing the speaking. However, in telling lies, all of these conversations, these clips are two sides to a telephone conversation or a video conference conversation where two people are talking over a phone. Yeah. So when you look at a clip, you're only seeing one side of the conversation between that person and someone else, one of the four main characters or whatever. Okay. Okay. So you've got that and then you have to find the matching clip, which is the other side of the conversation. And there's no way to put those two together to hear the entire conversation. You're only watching one side or the other side. Ah. I think that's another misstep that this game does is the fact that there's no way to combine the two and actually listen to the full conversation. You have to either listen to one side or the other side. Uh And there's no way to piece them together, which makes it more confusing. Right. And the story itself, I mean, it just, it wasn't a compelling story. The the, the whole storyline to me was just one guy yeah. and these three different women, his different interactions with these women and how that kind of plays out. It's not interesting, or at least that's what I got from it. So yeah, it sounds like it would be too much information for me. I mean, you know, it's like right. make something, uh, just one thing to do or maybe two. Right. One narrative. I don't need three different narratives occurring simultaneously that I need to sort through. Right. Although I'm not given any real way to sort through them. I mean, it's just a bunch of video clips, right? Yeah. Which leads us to the game that you got to see some clips from, Mm -hmm. Immortality, which came out in 2022. 
Half Mermaid Studios again, mm. uh, available through Netflix games, and then also on Steam, it's available as well. So this game, boy, how do I explain it? Do you want to have a crack at it, or do you not even? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a private detective. Doesn't even have to be private, and you have to figure out something fishy that's gone on. That I well, I guess I, she dies, right? She's murdered or something. Is um, that right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's she isn't. As, I mean, she. Okay, not to spoil it or anything, but yeah, she uh, is. But well, that's what I kind of figured we were looking for. She's an actress that has had three different movies that have been filmed, but for some reason they were never released. You're looking through these clips. The actress Marissa Marcel, who had starred in three movies, one in 1968, one in 1970, one in 1999. None of them were released because of circumstances that you're not quite sure of. Marcel has, has gone missing. And so the mystery is what happened to Marissa Marcel. Right. In the same sort of manner as the prior works of her story in Telling Lies, you got these full motion videos where you kind of piece together right. what's replaced searching a database is this mechanic where you zoom in on objects and people and it will take you to a related clip. Right. You zoom in on an apple. Mm-hmm. The apple has symbolism in three different movies. So you get a little piece of each, but that's only part of it because there are sequences that are hidden. You can rewind and fast forward essentially through these things and it gives you an audio clue Yeah, when you've reached a spot that you can rewind and start a clip in reverse that involves these other characters that are right. called the one and the other. Oh. Yes. And, and I don't think you I saw that. I didn't get that any, far. Yeah. You kind of learn how their involvement in the characters, they inhabit these different actors and actresses throughout the three movies, but you find out what happens to in the overall story. It's really hard to explain without giving it away. Right. It's one story. You can look at the different stories of the movies if you want to, but it's not like you you don't have to understand the movie in order to understand the overarching story right you see the actress you see the behind the scenes as they're filming these things and they give you a little bit of context as to what's going on but the main story is revealed through the reversing of this image or these this footage right and finding those spots that have the secret things in them you find out what immortality means in in reference to the game Right. I thought it was really an interesting thing. It's probably my, f- I don't know if it's my favorite or my second favorite of his because oh, okay. her story was just so great. But you know what? Immortality, yeah. I would say that's probably my favorite of his so far because it was a very interesting way of telling a story. Yeah. Um, I-, I had trouble rewinding and paying attention at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, I did manage to pull up a lot more clips to look at, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It just, like I said, I had trouble with the rewinding. I had trouble at pointing at things. I I think I told you that. Yeah. I do it and zoom in. Is that what 
what it was. Right. You try and zoom in and it would just zoom in and then zoom back out again. Right. And it wouldn't go anywhere. It would just stay there. Yeah. Yeah. What that would mean is that you're not on an object or a person's face or whatever. It's it Right, right. Definitely. I wasn't really good at explaining why it was doing it, but I think part of Well, no, that's I understood that. Okay. Part where if it if it didn't go anywhere and just came back out to normal, I just said, "Well, that's not a logical thing to hit on." So right. I'd go to the cigarette in his mouth or whatever. Right, right. It's just I had trouble zooming with my fingers. Mhm. And that was that that was uh, troublesome. Yeah. That's a personal problem. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the thing too. When you make a game with access options, you know, like accessibility options, it could be a, a double tab. Yeah. As opposed to a pinch, right. because not everyone has the manual dexterity to be able to do that or whatever, right? Right. You can critique what this thing is and say, it would be easier if you, instead of doing the flicking left and right to determine the speed at which you yeah. reverse things, if you had something that you would click on to that would tell you, okay, so double. Yeah. This is double and reverse. This is a little bit faster, a little bit faster. That would make more sense from a manual perspective. And honestly, when I was rewinding things, it sometimes took a little while when I tried to reverse the footage for it to catch in the spot that it had to catch in order for the reverse footage to play. Yeah. But I mean, I just kept at it and kept at it and finally figured it out. But it's... You know, right, it, right. it did have some problems as far as that's concerned, but the story itself and what it meant is it was very interesting. Yeah. The nature of what immortality is as it relates to art. When you first told me about it, I was very interested. And then when I, you know, got it, uh, I was interested, but it was just troublesome for me. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, whatever reason. It did win some awards. I mean, as far as the actress who played Marissa Marcel, the concept was wonderful oh yeah I, you know i think it was a great idea yeah and i think they learned from the previous game when they tried to put too much into it, it, it oh yeah right I, I think you had your variety as far as the different films and the different genres of when those films were made they were definitely different types of films right uh-huh which was it was interesting to see what was happening during the filming of those little films but they stood on their own as a story um, when you would piece them all together. But then the bigger story is what's going on in the quote unquote, the other world, the ethereal world, like how these people are being inhabited by the one and the other one, which you didn't quite get to. Right. Do, do you know that there was a Japanese film that uh, the point of it was to give different like four or five different interpretations of what happened in a crime. Uh huh. What was it called? And it kind of, I was Rashomon. Okay. R R A S H O M O N. Okay. Akira Kurosawa. Okay. Kurosawa. The, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it is a very interesting sort of like there's a lot of biblical imagery that doesn't really you don't really think about it until you have seen the reverse footage Uh uh of these beings and they kind of explore the nature of what inspiration is where it comes from it was just a really really unique story to be told very art school yeah i mean that in a good way (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Sometimes people say very art school as a bad thing, but in this case, it, it was yeah, very unique. It's like unique without all the thrills that isn't necessary. Yeah. Your final thoughts on the word footage. I have no final thoughts. I had very few thoughts about footage. <laughs> and I still have. Very few thoughts. Yeah, very few, but maybe a, a little bit more. All right, well, I hope I gave you a little bit of food for thought on what footage is and what it means to other people, to me, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of those evolving words, kind of. To point that out, it's a very as astute observation, I think. The definition started somewhere, and now, like like other words, right, right. it changes depending on the landscape. And right now, footage, I think when you refer to something as footage, it has more of an importance. Yeah. Whereas before, it was just film. Leftover of film. Little pieces of film. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about footage, too. And also, check out that Immortality game if you are so inclined. I enjoyed my time with it. Try it again. You can try, try it, it again. again is what you're... <laughs> well, I mean, you can. It's, it's I, still I, on my... Uh... You know what you could also do if you're having problems with that? And I wouldn't recommend this to everyone. Mm -hmm. You can watch a playthrough. Because then you will get all of that information oh. through someone else playing the game. You want to find one that doesn't have commentary oh, yeah. because you don't want the other person talking about, oh, blah, 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 but you just want the story. Yeah. But you can find those on YouTube. You can look at it. And if you're interested in the story it's telling and not necessarily in playing it, I would say that's a good good way to review. Or what I might do is start watching one of those, but not watch all of it mm -hmm. to, to just give me a kind of a start of things that I need to do. The problem is it's not going to help you with the rewind and the fast forward part of it because oh it doesn't show you how to do that on screen you're you're doing that with a mouse or oh, your fingertip okay. so it's not that's actually right. showing you anything it shows it being done that's all exactly i mean the yeah right thank you very much nora for joining us on this episode of the two vague podcast where we're talking about something that you don't really care about don't really care about. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> That's the truth. You don't really care about them, but you do care about video games, which I would say probably even yes, like I do. even like 30, 20 years ago, you probably didn't care about those either. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. We changed. Well, you know, I always, I loved, I loved, what do you call those? Flippers. Boink, 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 boink. Bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> What do you call them? Pinball machines. Pinball, pinball, pinball. Tommy's the 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 play. Tommy's coming somewhere. Goodman, yeah, uh, on a month. Or oh so. yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Boy, do we go off on tangents? Well, Whee! you know, you know that Elton John, right? Yeah. He was a part of the original run of that, right? Wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a pinball machine called Captain Fantastic. Ah. Featuring. Elton John. Yeah. And this is old. We're talking old school. We're talking like 70s. Right. But right. That's right. like a classic table is Bally, Captain Fantastic, and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Okay. So that's, okay. That's the other interesting thing. There was a, a version of the game that was Captain Fantastic, but there was also a version that they made that was called Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Okay. Okay. Captain Fantastic was inspired by the movie Tommy which includes a representation of Elton John as his character from the movie playing pinball in the back glass. 
Captain Fantastic was Elton John, and the Brown Dirt Cowboy was his then lyricist, Bernie Taupin. So there you go. Oh, yeah, right. A little bit of trivia for you. Yeah. But that has nothing to do. Let's close the show. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Let's do that. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's likewise. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Two Vague Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Nora. And we've been your hosts. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Goodbye.